88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. A pro-democracy activist is fined for flying a balloon in controlled airspace near Lechko. The president of the Public Doctors Association says they weren't consulted about new vaccination and testing measures for key workers. And the education secretary says he doesn't expect many schools to be able to resume full-day classes when the new school year begins next month. Eastern Court has fined Sung Kin Shing of the League of Social Democrats $2,500 after the pro-democracy activist pleaded guilty to flying a balloon in controlled airspace in Admiralty on January the 9th. Veteran Democrat Lee Chuk Yan, who has been charged with the same offence, pleaded not guilty. Priscilla Ng reports. Mr. Tsung and the Labour Party's Lee Chuk-yen have been accused of flying a one-meter-long balloon without permission in controlled airspace on Legislative Council Road. The balloon had a slogan attached reading, Release Political Prisoners. Prosecutors said that police had repeatedly warned the pair that flying the balloon might affect air traffic safety. They said when police had told them they needed to check the balloon, Mr. Tsung took it from Mr. Lee's hands and released it. Mr. Zung admitted the charge, and his lawyer said his client had made a mistake in a moment of desperation. The court said it had decided to impose a $2,500 fine on Mr. Zung after taking into account his guilty plea. The maximum punishment for the offense is a $5,000 fine. Mr. Lee, on the other hand, pleaded not guilty to the charge and a separate offense of obstructing a police officer. The veteran Democrat, who is already serving sentences for other protest-related offenses, is expected to return to court on September the 9th to attend a pre-trial review. The president of the Public Doctors Association, Tony Ling, says health authorities didn't consult them about the new requirement for health workers to get vaccinated or pay for COVID-19 tests out of their own pockets. Yesterday, the government brought in the new measures for key workers while streamlining border controls. Timmy Song reports. Dr. Ling told an RTHK program it might be inconvenient for medical workers who can't get inoculated, as there wasn't much detail about testing locations. He said most staff understood the benefits of the job, but the lack of long-term safety data was a concern for pregnant employees. He also said he would ask the hospital authority about the consequences colleagues might face if they failed to get regular tests. Meanwhile, the Health Secretary Sophia Chen said the move was for health workers' own good, as well as for those they serve. Speaking on RTHK's Backchat program, the head of epidemiology at the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health, Professor Benjamin Cowling, said the government's announcement yesterday appeared to show that it was still taking the zero-COVID approach as opposed to herd immunity. When we look at the, the press comments yesterday, I don't think herd immunity was even even mentioned. Um, what, what's being discussed and proposed is the zero COVID approach for some further time, unclear how long. And so actually herd immunity is, is not so important for that discussion. We can't achieve herd immunity with the vaccines we have, even with a very high coverage. And if you look at what's happening right now in, in other parts of the world, that's very clear in the United Kingdom. Despite having a very high vaccine coverage, that the infections are still going up, but they've decided that they will eventually achieve herd immunity within the next two or three months after having this high vaccine coverage with immunity through vaccinations. And on top of that, some additional infections that are generally mild and the immunity that comes along with those natural infections as well. So herd immunity through vaccination plus infection. 
The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, says he doesn't expect many schools to be able to resume full-day classes when the new school year begins next month. The government has said full-day lessons can resume at schools where 70% of staff and students are fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Mr Young said the government couldn't keep subsidising people to get tested when they have already provided free vaccines. Veteran journalist and commentator Steve Vines has left Hong Kong citing the national security law and what he described as the white terror sweeping through Hong Kong. In a mass email, Mr Vines said his decision was taken with a heavy heart and a mixture of enormous regret and relief. The news comes two months after Mr Vines announced he was quitting RTHK. He had been a host of the English language political TV programme The Pulse, which aired the season's last episode in June. It's not clear whether the show will return after the summer break. The Australian state of New South Wales has recorded 199 new locally acquired cases of COVID-19. The Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, says people should avoid hotspot areas in Sydney. It is still concentrating within those eight local government areas of concern. If you live in suburbs adjoining those eight local government areas, please be extra, extra careful. Don't go into those eight local government areas unless absolutely necessary. Meanwhile, Western Australia says it will be blitzing the state with vaccines. Here's the state premier, Mark McGowan. We want to do as much as we can to get West Australians vaccinated as soon as possible. So today we're announcing our vaccination blitz. We'll be opening up over a two-week period from August 16, 140,000 doses available in our state-run facilities. Officials in the United States say cases of COVID-19 are still on the increase along with hospitalizations and deaths. But the White House said the surge in infections blamed on the Delta variant had prompted an increase in the number of people seeking vaccinations. A doctor in Lashkagar says several days of intense fighting have brought the southern Afghan city to its knees, with most people now too scared to move. Dr Masood Khan said an ever-increasing flow of severely wounded patients was arriving at his hospital, and he feared others were unable to reach it. US planes are continuing to attack Taliban positions in the city. The BBC's Barbara Plett-Usher reports. This would be the first major city to fall to the Taliban, and it's the capital of Helmand province, no less, which was the centerpiece of the U.S. and British military campaign for years. So it would be quite a defeat. Um, I don't think the Americans are ruling out that Afghan forces could regain the territory. And, uh, you know, commandos have been sent in. There is a battle going on. But the fear is, I think, that if the Taliban do take the city what does that mean? This could be a tipping point, perhaps a real unraveling of the situation because they've mostly been taking rural areas up until now. German prosecutors have charged a woman with spying for China. Referred to as Clara Kay, the Italian national is a wife of a German academic, Klaus L., who was charged with the offence earlier this year. Prosecutors allege they began spying in 2010, passing information to Chinese intelligence agents concerning state visits or multinational conferences. Palestinian families facing eviction from their homes in a neighbourhood in East Jerusalem, Sheikh Jarrah, say they will reject a suggestion by the Supreme Court of Israel that they rent their properties from a Jewish settler organisation. Jewish settlers claim old rights to the land, but the Palestinian families want recognition of their rights to the properties. Sami Er Shahid is the lawyer for the Palestinian families. The residents of Sheikh Jarrah expressed a positive answer to the court that they have a will, a good will, even if the price to secure their presence in their homes is, is to pay a small amount or big amount of rent. But this should not terminate 
the heart of the dispute and the question of ownership. Twitter has announced that it will work with two major international news agencies to promote more reliable information on its messaging site. Twitter will collaborate with Reuters and the Associated Press to provide more context and background information on events or news stories that create a high volume of tweets. The intention is to counteract the spread of false or misleading information on the platform. 580 MPs have been sworn into a newly created parliament in South Sudan. The creation of a legislature made up of delegates from the governing party and former rebel groups was a key condition of a ceasefire agreed in 2018. Dozens of lawmakers did not attend the ceremony due to political squabbles. The speaker, Gemma Nunukumba, said the challenges ahead for the members of parliament were enormous. The displacement of our people by devastating floods, repatriation and resettlement of our refugees, and the emergence of frustrated youth groups to mention but a few. All these pose great threat to the sovereign status of our country. It is for this reason that we, as assembly of all the political parties in the country, must, as soon as possible, make a difference in the country. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,043, 194 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $116 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.22 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 79 cents. Sport now, and here's Todd Harding. We start, of course, at the Tokyo Olympics. All Hong Kong eyes will be on the SAR's women's table tennis team this evening as they have a great chance of a medal. They're through to the last four after beating Romania in their best-of-five quarter-final yesterday. Damon Pang has the details. Two high cam led the way as Hong Kong defeated Romania 3-1. The 24-year-old took two single matches without dropping a game, and she was dominant in match four, brushing aside Daniela Dodin 11-3, 11-2 and 14-12 to seal victory for Hong Kong. Du had also swept Romania's top singles player Bernadette Soch, while Li Ho Ching was victorious against Elisabetta Samara. Hong Kong had lost the opening doubles match in five games. Du said afterwards that she felt she adjusted well from playing under pressure, seeing she's learned from losing in the mixed doubles quarterfinals earlier in Tokyo. She said, it's just an ordinary game. Forget about the Olympics and that we're trying to get into the semifinals. We were calm. Du will be back in the semis with teammates Lee Ho-Ching and Minnie So. Their match gets underway at 6.30pm Hong Kong time. Hong Kong's opponents in the semi-final will be Japan's Kasumi Ishikawa and Miu Hirano. Also in action for Hong Kong today will be Chan Chung Wang, who will be running in the fourth heat of the men's 110-metre hurdles. And Hong Kong's track cycling campaign starts tomorrow, when medal hopefuls Sarah Lee and Jessica Lee compete in the women's Kirin. In women's weightlifting, China's 21-year-old Li Wenwen took gold by lifting an Olympic record, a combined total of 320 kilos. Emily Campbell took silver, the first British woman to win a weightlifting medal. The BBC's Shoujo Saka rounds up some of the action from day 10. Three goals were handed out at the gymnastics, with China claiming a 1-2 in the men's rings final, and Shin Jae-hwan of South Korea taking top honours in the men's vault. Meanwhile, in the absence of Simone Biles, gold in 
in the women's floor event went to her US compatriot Jade Carey, her first Olympic title. Silver was won by Italy's Vanessa Ferrari, making her the first Italian medalist in gymnastics for almost 100 years. Gracia Polly and Apriani Rahayu won badminton women's doubles gold, breaking a Chinese stranglehold and claiming Indonesia's first title of these games. Individual men's glory went to Denmark's Victor Axelsson. And India's women made history by reaching their first ever Olympic hockey semi-final. They beat Australia 1-0 to reach the final four. The BBC's John Bennett has a preview of day 11 of the Games and a look at where the possible headlines might come from. The major story will be gymnastics legend Simone Biles competing in the beam final. It's her final chance of an individual medal in Tokyo. Biles withdrew from four other finals, saying she wanted to protect her mental health. She hasn't competed since last week's team final. The four-time Olympic champion won bronze on the beam at Rio 2016. In track cycling, Britain's most successful female Olympian, Laura Kenny, will be hoping for gold number five in the women's team pursuit. But the German team will start the day as favourites after setting a new world record on Monday. And sport climbing will make its Olympic debut on day 11. Climbers compete in three events, speed, bouldering and lead, with the final rankings multiplied together to determine an overall winner. There's one standout result from this morning's action. Norway's Karsten Barholm has smashed his own world record to win the Olympic men's 400 metres hurdles gold. Barholm clocked a remarkable 45.94 seconds, beating his previous world best of 46.70 seconds. To put that performance into perspective, only four runners in history have even clocked sub-47 second times, let alone sub-46. American arch-rival Rai Benjamin won silver with Brazil's Alessandro Santos claiming bronze. So, halfway through day 11 of the Tokyo Games, China lead the medals table with 29 golds, the United States are second with 22, and host nation Japan are in third place with 17. Australia are currently in fourth with 14. Hong Kong are joint 32nd in the medals table with one gold and two silvers. And that's our look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. A pro-democracy activist is fined for flying a balloon in controlled airspace near Lechko. The president of the Public Doctors Association says they weren't consulted about new vaccination and testing measures for key workers. And the education secretary says he doesn't expect many schools to be able to resume full-day classes when the new school year begins next month. And now a quick look at the weather. It will be mainly cloudy with a few occasional showers and schools. There will be isolated thunderstorms, moderate to fresh, moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. There will be swells. The outlook when winds will be rather strong with occasional heavy showers and schools tomorrow and on Thursday. There will be swells. There will still be occasional showers in the following couple of days. The temperature is currently 29 degrees and the humidity is 89%. The standby signal number one, the T1 is still in place. And that's the news summary from RTHK. Hey America, let's turn it up. Yeah, check out our sales. You know you're never fully dressed without a smile. Your clothes may be Chanel Gucci, your shoes crocodile.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the third of August, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew today. We have a busy program, and we'd love for you to join us on Facebook Live this afternoon, because in about ten minutes or so, we'll be chatting with designer and illustrator Martha Marotta about her book project called Good Morning Bob, which is a collection of drawings, each. Accompanied with a cheerful poem, which you'll be distributing to children living in refugee camps and underprivileged children living in foster homes. Let's hear how this project was born. Join me and Martha in about 10 minutes time on Facebook Live if you can. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Tuesday food and drinks reporter Andrew Dembina joins us for a live update on global and local food news. And of course, we love hearing from you as well. If you want to get in touch with us, feel free to drop us a message on Facebook. Feel free to email us, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You can also uh, drop me an email, 123show at rthk.hk. 19 minutes past one o'clock. Some great tunes for you this Tuesday afternoon. Still T1 out there. The T1 standby signal number one is in force. 30, no, 29 degrees Celsius, 89% relative humidity. This is Wallace Bird on Radio 3 and the song is Blossoms in the Street. (laughs) 